0: Hello, welcome to episode fifteen of the Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast, and uh, this week or or today, um, I'm gonna talk about mainly about relationships after post concussion syndrome, so post injury, and also issues which may uh, be kind of bilateral to that, such as different types of codependency or um, where, where there's been difficulties that have caused relationships to break up due to not just the stress of the situation and the PCS, but maybe also as a, a lack of understanding as well. Uh, because if, if there's something, and if you're listening to this, you will know that uh, once you've had post concussion syndrome or once you've got it, then there can be a, a really difficult adaptation and it depends, I believe, uh, on your outward life, how that goes. Now, we've got a, such a wide-ranging group of people. There's about 6,000 people in the main group. And we, we hear accounts and stories and details and, and uh, anecdotes all, all day long, every day. And um, it ranges from people who are uh, in happy, married, or, or long-term partnered relationships, whether they be gay by straight lesbian um whatever and they are very very well supported so that those are the ones that may have children they may have adopted children they may uh, well have a, a good home a good job that is adapted to them or a business that's adapted to them and I'm not saying it's any easier for them because as we know in life, uh, challenges come on on very different levels as to the the type of karma that a person has. Um, So it goes all the way from there down to people that are in maybe not so well off or maybe in a a decent job or an okay job. Uh, They may have a a partner, a girlfriend or so on. And they may struggle in very different ways. Um, Partners, husband's wives may not be so understanding. Children may not be so understanding. Or perhaps if you're a parent or a caregiver, it could be your child or or your stepchild that has the PCS and you're struggling to to kind of come to terms with this. We've already talked about grief and grieving processes uh, uh, through PCS, but that will be a a recurring theme, I believe, uh, again and again through this podcast. So I'm just kind of generalizing here, it's not all black and white, and there are, you know, it's not just two, there's then people who are further down the the kind of like social mobility in terms of scale, what they call down the ladder, so people that may be hanging on to a day-to-day job, they may have two, had two part-time jobs or three part-time jobs, you know, they can just about make ends meet every month. Um, and then they do so for the children's sake or for the partner's sake. And then you look in a whole other different area of problems. And if I've missed anybody out, you know, my apologies, but I'm, I'm using these kind of three types. Uh, there's, there's, there's many more, of course, but I'm using these three types as a, as a, uh, a, w- a way to explain things. So at the very, very um, kind of lower end of that scale, yeah, as we know, you may only be one or two or three months or paychecks away from being homeless or having to move or relocate into social housing or in, in the worst case scenario like 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 I had was you may only be two, three months away from being out on the streets, being out on, on your on your ass. So there's when it comes to relationships, nothing's ever cut and dry. Nothing's ever black and white. You know, you look out into the world and everything's presented to you as like, this is the person you need to be, this is how you need to look, you know, kind of the dad on the barbecue, the mum in the kitchen, the children playing happily, and all, all the kind of precious social pressures, or conformity pressures. Now, you know that that's kind of like that family model has, has got no real basis in reality. <laughs> Not really. But when it comes to... Um, Thinking about how this affects families, it, it, it can be, I believe, it's kind of like PCS can be like dropping a bomb on a family or, or like a, you know, a bomb or a missile or something and it, as it descends, as it hits, you you get like a crater, like an impact left. Uh, that's hard to cover up, and following that impact of of that person having the car accident, or uh, head injury, or being assaulted, or whatever it's caused, the the concussion and the PCS, then you're going to have some ripples outward as well. Um, So it can be traumatic. Now, a lot of people will have more than one head injury as well, so you may have one like I did, and then you know, kind of more prone to having others. So then you're left with a more permanent situation, particularly if you aren't getting the right help or the right treatment. Um, Now, so many people will, uh, particularly in the USA, Canada, will do the rounds of doctors and neurologists and people and rack up huge bills or just be, they may get some help in certain areas, but unless they're going to go into a holistic path of therapeutic path for treatment and combine everything together, then they're not going to get the more spiritual type of healing uh, to heal the mind and, and the, the grief and the sense of loss, isolation, depression anxiety yes you can go to therapy yes you can take drugs to suppress them for a while or yes you can have certain therapies which help improve symptoms and help to in functional therapies you can re-correct things like the neck and the spine and so on and you can get special glasses for your eyes and so on but there's always a point where you get to either make or break when it comes to yourself and your family or your loved ones. Um, many families unfortunately do split apart or become fractured due to the stress. you know People often lose a jobs or lose a livelihood or struggle to maintain a job or a livelihood or a business and then end up the cost burden is on them and it lands on them. And you can quite very, very easily, quite quickly run out of money and resources. You can also run out of uh, support outside the family. So parents, friends, associates and colleagues and people that you used to know. They can quite quickly distance themselves from you as well. So the different types of relationships... um, Some lucky people will have people stand by them and uh, take time to understand, you know, about the emotional ability, laughing, crying, about the depression, the anxiety. And it usually represents, when it's like that, somebody who has had a good measure of, of trouble in their own life as well. So then they have empathy. It's the hardest thing for anybody to understand is PCS, looking from the outside in. Uh, I guess it's the same with all in, invisible disabilities and illnesses. And even personality disorders and conditions. You desperately want to try and help that person, but there doesn't seem to be a doorway in, to, into their world in order to, to see what's going on. And they may not be able to tell you. Um, but unlike with personality disorders where the other person is quite often kind of used and, and uh, abused and pushed away, with PCS it is lack lack of um, understanding what's going on. So what's happened in in our relationships? Yeah. So we, we may have come to a point where um, we've run out of money, or we've run we run out of time, or, or our health continues to get worse. Even if we make little plateaus of progress, so sometimes through therapists, neurologists, and doctors, there's always got to be a point where you get up to a certain plateau where you make a a superhuman effort Um, and that is really when you do need support Uh, having mostly having to do that on my own I know that it's so so much harder from what other people have told me uh, having family and loved ones close loved ones around you so we've heard already about restorative yoga, about meditation, about therapy such as Bowen technique therapy, um, all, all manner of different things, learning Reiki, uh, Reiki energy healing. And there's, there's so many more as well. So you can find many, many, many good uh, ways to help Mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, as well. But you have to be prepared to take a leap of faith sometimes, or kind of like lower your skepticism a little bit. You know, I remember the first time I heard about Reiki healing, and I was like, "Yeah, this can't. There can't be anything to this. This must be just like some kind of like pseudo, pseudo, uh, kind of like hokey-cokey or whatever." After having some Reiki healing felt it, like the heat and the energy coming through the healer's hands, the like Reiki healer's hands, of was like, this isn't normal. <laughs> this isn't a normal kind of like person's, you know, heat coming from somebody's touch. You know, my, my body, the cells in my body, I can feel them vibrating. I can feel light coming into my body. What on earth going on? So you have to maybe experience some things first in order to lower that skepticism And I know if you're in the States or wherever, your insurance, your medical insurance, probably won't cover you learning Reiki. It probably won't cover you having some of these therapies. Uh, But if I think about Reiki, it's not that expensive to learn, really. Um, You know, as long as you get the attunements, uh, one, two or three levels, then you can learn about it, you can read and study in your own time. It's kind of like being triggered, being given the basis to be able to open this energy up and heal yourself. And then the rest is with you, how far you want to take it. But as, I, as I've said before a few times, from my own experience, uh, it, it literally helped to save my life uh, in really, really dark times. And the times that were that dark were usually always when, you know, uh, people had left or abandoned me or kind of like said, well, you know, yeah, I want to run a relationship with you if you're the last person on earth kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, or I or had nothing to offer, to be fair. Maybe that was my issue to deal with. But uh, it's always harder when you've, you've no home, no money, no job, and your health is suffering to be able to maintain a healthy, happy relationship. So if you are hanging in there and you, you're kind of thinking about the future uh, fearfully or with anxiety, then I'd say to you, please think again, please believe and hope and believe, but more importantly, believe that the future can be very, very different for you. There are many, many ways to recover, and in fact, each of us, as we know, are are slightly different. You know, some things will probably have an effect or work for everybody, but other things may not suit other people. They may not suit your, your personality type, your body type, your uh, preferences or whatever, or your beliefs, whatever religious or spiritual background, or, or, or even if you're an atheist, you might you might not be... If you're an atheist, you might not be uh, kind of too enamoured with kind of uh, like looking at energy healing or so on. Um, but if you look for the evidence, which is plenty of scientific evidence then you might see, well, actually, is something worth considering. So keep an open mind is a major step on the way as well. And then we come on to uh, types of relationship. Well, um, there can be issues with self-medication, with PCS, whether it is with alcohol, legal or illegal drugs, or, um, or whatever... It can be an issue where codependency can come up in a relationship between two people, and then is an issue where one person saying to the other, "Well, you know, if it helps you, you know, keep keep, you know, having a drink, keep doing this, keep doing that," and really it can divert away from actually healing the person. Um, so the drug isn't necessarily the issue. Whether it's alcohol or smoking weed or uh, whatever, cocaine or whatever kind of drug it is that people take in order to try and numb it, numb the pain, whether it's oxycontin or codeine or benzodiazepines, tranquilizers. It doesn't matter. They're all ways to cover up what, what is going on inside. And so the substance then becomes the problem in the relationship when actually behind that there is still the problem underneath and this is the issue with most drugs is they, they kind of cover over, they, they mask over and suppress the actual problem so the, you, with codependency with, with issues in relationships um, yeah, PCS can bring that out massively and people can, I even heard of people kind of resorting back to past addictions and things Of course addictions come in all shapes and sizes and they can be uh, intertwined or they can be, you know, multiple addictions. You know, somebody might be using prescription drugs, illegal drugs, and maybe drinking, maybe drinking too much coffee. You know, there could be a few things going on with them as well. So think deeper than just the surface when it comes to these issues as well. Um, Nobody really likes to face up to the fact that something they're taking whether it be legal or illegal isn't helping them to recover or isn't helping them uh, to have a stable or, or kind of happier healthier relationship and as we know with PCS your judgment is impaired your coordination often your social skills your social judgment your uh wants and needs change very quickly um And you can end up doing things that you wouldn't normally do. And all of that, all of those things can cause problems. Um, Again, I've heard more stories and I've heard more uh, personal accounts where a person has been in uh, an abusive relationship or they've been unable to leave an abusive relationship and following then a subsequent concussion and post-concussion syndrome, things have deteriorated to a very toxic or even emotionally, physically abusive uh, and violent relationship. Um, And those are some of the the really tragic tales and stories as well. Um, I've even heard of a few where after having had one accident or, or one concussion head injury, then the relationship's taken such a bad turn that they've been assaulted by the partner uh, you know, and then again they've had further concussions so there's always this danger that um, PCS can kind of drive you down the hole, it can kind of drive you down the, the, the sink, so t- so to speak you know, down the drain uh, if, if things are bad anyway but if you think about that scale, you know, kind of the higher the middle, the lower, the different types of relationships, well, there's dangers in each of them, you know, and it's not necessarily those people at at the, the bottom of that scope or that scale that are suffering the most. Sometimes they could be the ones that get free quickest from the situation because their life has to change very rapidly and they don't have any choice. They're forced out, or they have to go. They have to. They end up homeless. They have to leave leave partner because it's too bad, and things have to have to move on. Whereas higher up the scale, you can kind of tolerate things if you're more financially comfortable, or or if the situation around you isn't as as threatening, or as emotionally uh, toxic. Okay, so, yeah, that, that's quite a bit on relationships. Uh, I just want to read uh, you a couple of um, messages or dialogues that I've had, one through Facebook and one through Twitter. The uh, first one is a lady I'll just call Shirley, and Shirley was specifically asked about relationships. Um, Shirley uh, uh, says she had a brain injury uh, about eight years ago, a concussion. She wasn't even unconscious. So she saw stars, but wasn't unconscious. And following that, um, ended up uh, in... Well, how should I put this? She she kind of said she ended up in a very difficult situation with her husband and her two children. And she said she, at the time she felt like they all turned against her and were trying to kind of make a snap out of it. You know, just trying to make make her um, wake up and, and carry on as normal. And she said she actually withstood this for about four and a half years um, before, unfortunately, her husband um, uh, developed uh, uh, cancer, throat cancer. And uh, then she ended up looking after him. Uh, children had gone away to college at that time. And um, he, he'd gone through, I think, quite a number of treatments and things. And was getting worse and worse, um, but it, that she said that actually kind of brought them back together, but not as husband and wife, but as friends, as as kind of like, uh, you know, kind of re-establishing who they were to each other. Two such traumas in the space of five years it is unimaginable. It's it's literally very 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 hard to comprehend, and so this brave lady said that well. After he he did recover and went into remission from the cancer and, and put weight back on and got happy and healthy. Uh, they did agreed to split and, and divorce uh, as the children have, you know got older, they think they're in their early twenties. And um, they still remain friends and they lived down the street from each other literally a quarter of a mile away. Um, and they still have. Uh, through changing you know kind of accepting the change that the trauma and the circumstances because you know they'd both lost their jobs through this um that they were able to to still have a relationship and thank you shirley that's tremendously brave of you to share that and to bring bring that you know kind of t- about as well and i believe shirley said she she, she she's working now as a a home carer, uh, so she goes in to, to kind of care for people that have had brain injury and other issues, Alzheimer's and so on, and she gets to work when she wants to work, and and um, you know things things are okay for her. Um, her. Life will never be the same as before, but she's saying it in some ways. I'm glad I'm, I've still got my family. They're still just down the down the street, down the road. Um, So that that, thank you again, Chile. Very inspirational. Um, Next one, uh, contact that I had through Twitter. Uh, is a gentleman who I shall call Roger, because he's not giving the real names out. They don't want to... That's absolutely fine by us. Um, Roger met his his childhood sweetheart, I think when... uh, They were... I think they were about 13, 14 years old, he says, and uh, the... uh, Went through school and college together, or oh, like, and I, I think he, he kind of talks about uh, in his message because he wrote quite a long uh, email after he contacted me. He talks about um, kind of finding his soulmate and finding somebody who was very, very connected but very different to him. Uh, and then she, she'd had a, a brain injury, I think, when she was 28. Uh, they were due to marry uh, by the kind of the year after um but had to postpone and delay the wedding um uh, and then shortly within in a year year or two uh, of having the the brain injury uh, when they, they did get married uh eventually just a very small kind of register office type wedding uh then then she fell pregnant as well so um He's saying the stress of that time, although it sounds, you know, kind of like a a beautiful fairy tale, um, even besides the PCS, but he's saying the stress of that time for both of them, particularly for him not understanding what she was going through, was just immense, and there were, like, arguments, and, you know, he even said, like, some plates were thrown (laughs) in his direction and and various things, Um, but, you know, I think uh, he he, he talks about... um, Wanting to understand, and really wanting wanting to know, uh, and that's how we found the, our podcasts, and that's how we found our, our kind of caregivers group as well. So yeah, um, big up to you, Roger. It's just absolutely amazing for to hear that kind of story as well, and it just it just shows people that you know that you you can get through this. You can get through it together um, you know, your commitment, your ability to, to talk and discuss things as you clearly did has to, you know, take the forefront. You know, you can't play games, you can't make assumptions about how somebody is or what they're going through. You can't ever assume you know what somebody with an illness is going through. Uh, and that, thank you again for that story, Roger. And that leads leads me on to yeah the, the next uh, part of this podcast on on relationships is, uh, yeah, when it's dangerous to make assumptions uh, about what another person is going through. So if you haven't got PCS yourself, or your partner has, or your child has, I I, I know I should say this gently, but never make any assumptions. There is no assumption you can make that is safe about somebody else. Always be prepared to ask them how how do you feel about this? Is there something that we can do, uh, which can make things easier? Is there something you'd like to ask for? Is there something, and just don't bombard the person with questions, because then they're gonna feel hounded. Sometimes they might feel bugged by you, or, or kind of like totally, um, you know, harassed. <laughs> but you know, just let it be known. Have a conversation with them. Say, look, I'm open to learning about this condition. I know that I know nothing about it, but if you could please tell me uh, from time to time things that you need, don't be frightened, don't be afraid. And every so often I'll ask you as well and and see if there's something that you want or that you need. And by doing so we can perhaps come to a better mutual understanding little bit by bit. And as your brain heals, I know you'll be able to express yourself a little bit better uh, over the weeks and months and years ahead. Uh, so let's not make this a fight, uh, or like the Tower of Babel, like, you know, kind of misunderstandings all the way. Let's try and, and be, uh, you know, kind of working together on this. I mean, That's just, you know, the, the type of thing I'd say, if it was me. And yeah, you you get, you will get some relationships where obviously, you know, if you've had PCS, you've got a brain injury, and the other person is, is saying to you, Well, I know what you need, I know what's best for you. Uh, well, sometimes that person might be a narcissist or a sociopath. There might be somebody that is very controlling or very, very kind of jealous or very, uh, very uh, manipulative. And um, if that's the case, then you know, you need to be very careful about calling them out on that because that could create a lot more issue and difficulty uh, you need to work out whether the relationship is confused in that case you know are you constantly or often confused by the state of the relationship regardless of PCS and do you have to find yourself investigating things if so then there could be a level of toxicity in the relationship and you might want the PCS could then be a driving factor for you to find that well you know this is a signpost to say, I need to move on. We need to move on in, in different directions. Um, and then you can do it, try and do it more in a more gentle, more structured way than kind of blowing things up and blowing apart um, and falling out completely. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep this podcast a little bit shorter than some of the others because it is a lot of information to take in and to think about as well. <clears throat> so uh, what else is there? Regarding relationships, well, there's also the issues as we discussed before of depression and anxiety. Even isolation too uh, can happen within a relationship uh, if there's that emotional distance. If one person is getting on with the life, or even or ev- everybody but the the person that's been injured is getting on with the lives so of friends and others then that can lead to like an internal isolation where you've got like a bubble or a coating around you and you, you kind of cut off from life itself in a sense, in a spiritual sense. Uh, this could be the hardest type to deal with and that's when you must remind yourself if you are in that position, never ever to judge yourself by anybody else's progress or standards or requirements or anything else. Just focus solely, be entirely selfish and focus entirely on yourself for now until you can. your brain can heal. Those people who you see are you know, being successful, going on with lives, enjoying life and kind of carefree, yeah, they, they're, they're going to have to deal with their own things in different ways. So don't worry about them. Just let them go and if they are truly really good friends, uh, good family members and so they're gonna come back to you anyway and they're gonna come back and nourish you and love you and and kind of uh, see you for who you are as well. Depression and anxiety, well, depression, as we know, as we said before, issues from the past. That's where depression sits and lives. So the past, depending how far out you are from your injury, could involve obviously the initial accident, the concussion, head injury, uh, then would be the immediate uh, aftermath of that, uh, including physically, amnesia, all the symptoms, 40 odd symptoms of PCS, plus then work and family implications, so having to step down in a role from your job, losing your job, having to change job, or being unemployed, having to go on benefits or welfare, And also having to pay for treatment financially. So it's it's like dominoes. It really is like dominoes. So all of the stuff that's passed, Yeah, it's the hardest thing in the world to accept that this has happened. I didn't want it to happen. I don't, however, don't want to keep going back over it. Like one of those, you know, where you kind of got everything on the wall plan. You are kind of charting out all all the evidence and stuff. That's you can get obsessed. And I know I did at, at one point. It was like all oh, this happened to me, and people would ask me. I'd go into a long, long kind of rambling, kind of uh, detailed retelling of the story and so on. Um, but it it generally it does help to talk in the right settings, such as therapy, the right person. But if you're just repeating this to everybody, you know, kind of again and again and again, then you're gonna end up hurting yourself more, I believe. So the past and the trauma of the past will always keep coming up. Look to your natural medicines, look to ways to feed brain to boost serotonin levels, exercise, endorphin, dopamines, healing, energy healing, being around the right kinds of people, being creative, as Gina mentioned the other day, All the the positive things, you know, there may be things that you've never done before, but now you really need to do them as well. Otherwise, you're gonna end up slipping into not so good habits, not so happy habits, hanging out with people that aren't so good or understanding or even good for your recovery. Anxiety, on the other hand, is anxiety about the future what will happen next, what's going to happen next week, what's the doctor going to say, what's this scan going to show, is this going to be the thing that helps me, is this going to be the silver bullet that, that saves me and cures me, is this going to be, and so on and so on and so on. And if it's not, then there's the other side of that coin. Oh, well, actually, you know, if it's not, then what do I do then? Will something else help me? You, you can drive yourself mad. And, uh, you know, I must confess I did for quite some time too, The anxiety uh, will naturally be worse if you're on your own, if you are isolated physically from people. Um, But if you are in a relationship, even a loving relationship, then that anxiety can manifest in itself in very different ways if it's not clearly uh, expressed. So talking about your anxieties and the other person allowing you to talk rather than just jumping in and saying, well, no, this isn't going to happen, that's not going to happen. But believing yourself that uh, going through the process and experiencing it isn't necessarily a bad thing all of the time. Yes, again, if you're in the right context with a therapist or a psychotherapist, they can help you to restructure your thoughts and your emotions. Many different types of therapy, you know, there's, there's all kinds you can use. So... Yeah, there's a lot to think about there and a lot of information uh, as usual. Um, We're going to be back soon with more podcasts and some more interviews and some more information from different members of the group as well. And I think that's really fantastic. This is the 15th episode now. So we're kind of getting up to a level where uh, people are still finding out about this and and listening in and... uh, People have commented. Quite a few people have commented that they like the fact that it's not like a lot of the podcasts on brain injury, which are very kind of clinical, either by like so-called brain experts or doctors, or like you know kind of giving advice and and kind of very very matter of fact and short bursts of you know this you just need to do this da 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 da. Yeah, I've quite a few people say, well, you know you've given a bit more of a human side to it and, and kind of he- helped us uh, make it easier to listen to. Well, I don't know if my, my voice is that easy to listen to, but you know, thank you for the comments and the, uh, the, the a couple of the compliments as well. That's most appreciated. Um, so for now, I can leave you with that. And please keep your uh, accounts, your messages, your questions, uh, stories, everything coming in, your contributions as well. We need more men to contribute, please, uh, to uh, the podcast, whether that's interviews, uh, poems, writing, accounts, stories. If you want to send your your account in, I'll read it out for you. It's absolutely fine. All you need to do is, is jot it down or whatever, or record it on audio a video, send it to me and, and I'll, I'll do that if you don't want to come online and be interviewed by phone. Um, so, how you can get in touch with us uh, on Twitter, the handle is post concussion, on Facebook, it is post concussion syndrome awareness worldwide. Uh, you can contact me as well, David Bottomley. Um, you can also contact me by email at the davidbottomley at gmail.com, and you can also find our website at WordPress, uh, which is Syndrome Awareness WordPress.com um, And that's about it, really. I don't think we're anywhere else at the moment. Um, so thank you once again for listening. And thank you. And I hope that if, if you are going through any of the problems that I've talked about, then this can help you look at things in, in a slightly different light and take some encouragement. You know, there's always a way through. Even if your current relationship isn't going to last forever, then sometimes it's, it's easier to heal things by admitting that there may have been problems before, but PCS has actually really highlighted them and really brought them out, so I've got to deal with them, otherwise things are going to explode. Um, and if you are in a, a happy, cherished, loving relationship, but you're still struggling as well uh, with the PCS, and, but your partner and your children are, are trying to you know, do the best, then I'd say gratitude for that and blessings to you as well. And I hope for all of you that your recoveries go from strength to strength, day to day, even hour to hour, day to day, week to week, month to month, and for years and years forward as well. I'm living proof that there's life beyond PCS and recovery uh, isn't impossible. Uh, Don't let anybody else tell you it is, because it is a state of mind as well so believing that something is or isn't possible actually can kind of tip the load one way or the other so thank you i'm very grateful for you, all you listening and uh, i'll wish, i'll bid you good night for now thanks bye bye this is a very important disclaimer in fact it's not even a disclaimer these are things that most sentient intelligent reasonable people actually, no. And what am I talking about? In fact, in, well, with the podcasts that we're making, you have to be responsible. Myself, my guests and my podcasts are not here to give you medical advice. We are not paid professionals. So, as society and the woke community community dictates, we're here to say to you, any information which we put out in the podcast, anything we give to you is not construed or considered in any legal way or fashion whatsoever as medical advice. Any reasonable person knows that, but you're always going to get one or two or maybe a few hundred people that really are just as dumb as ABCXYZ. So please Do not take anything we say as medical advice or any other way. Please do your own research, your own um, just due diligence into whatever we say. And if you need, if you feel you need, if you really, because you could really trust yourself, feel you need the help, trust yourself to get in touch with your local practitioner, general practitioner, doctor, specialist, or whomever, or your psychiatrist, or whoever you're dealing with through post syndrome, or any other health condition. And if I need to spell this out any more, just be really considerate and kind to yourself. And don't, please don't accept what we're saying as any kind of medical or legal or personal advice i don't know how many other ways to say it but i'm sure those of you who are intelligent enough will realize that yeah we don't give that kind of advice and if you did want that kind of advice you'd probably pay somebody that was really good at it to give give it to you in the first place so don't worry about that I just enjoy the podcast and uh, this summit is 24 of them now, at least. And, and just, just really, really uh, have a, a wonderful time. And please get in touch if you need to. But don't worry about um, thinking that, you know, anything else. Just Just really, really enjoy what we're doing. And so much love and respect to you all. Thank you.